Two Broke Watch Knobs podcast is an online discussion dedicated to urology and the in-depth coverage, review, and assessment of high-quality, affordable timepieces. There may be instances of strong language, and this podcast is intended for a mature audience. Sit back and enjoy. Hey, this is Mike. Hey, this is Kaz, and you are listening to Two Rogue Wash Knobs. You have made it to episode 78. Michael, what? Michael, what is up? What is up? I don't, I don't know anything about what we're talking about today. We're talking about sex today. And we're both, <laughs> <laughs> we're both quite clueless in regards to the act of, of intercourse with single or multiple partners, willing or unwilling. It is what it is, you know? Today's episode is actually really, really cool. We've been, we've been, we've been, we've been, threatening this episode we have been threatening the nice people at home with an episode like this i think ever since the beginning of the show and we've just never had the wherewithal or the fortitude to actually go through with it but this week we are well it's not going to be four hours long it's going to be four and a half hours long (laughs) no no no. uh normal length show uh this week's show is all about the vostok amphibia um, we've been talking about doing a show solely dedicated to, you know, I, I, we've made jokes about the four hour Raketa episode or the four hour Vostok episode or something like that. But, um, we thought it would be just really fun to just have an, a, a, an episode just dedicated to talking about the, the, the history of the Vostok amphibia, you know, the golden age of the Vostok amphibia, and then sort of like where it is now. So the events leading up to it, the events that it really flourished in and sort of just like the current state of it. Cause I think there's. There's a lot of confusion in regards to the watch. There's a lot of, um, I don't want to say misinformation because misinformation sounds malicious. I just think there's just not a lot of certainty. And so this discussion will really just be, uh, I think, a really fun overview. Um, And then we'll include some additional resources for like more reading and things like that. And I'm also doing this in conjunction with a proper write-up specifically for the Vostok Amphibia on the website. But this this show, this episode, I think is going to be just um, really, really fun. Just sort of like a history show. I'm not sure how many like history shows uh, we've had. You know what I mean? So I think it's going to be pretty interesting. This is a dream come true for me because I get to basically just talk the entire time. The whole time. This is, I mean, you you <laughs> like to make fun of yourself when I talk about Rolex, for example, and different dials and reference numbers and <clears throat> whatever um i I, th- I think i feel the same way about this because i i i mean you gave me a vostok mm-hmm. um it's it's one of these dive watches um it is, and certainly, until recently, it is certainly a watch until re- <laughs> well, that's that's the thing until recently it's the only one i had and then <laughs> i i was just like looking online and i sent you a link and you're like yeah that's a watch <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, add to cart. And now, and now I have another one of these. That's amphibias. so cool. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I, 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 the difference is with sort of the, the Russian watch thing is that I'm not really, in, they'll be, they'll never be an organic situation for me to just talk about this with stuff with a stranger. You could strike up a conversation in like a boutique or even an elevator with someone about like Rolex or or Patek or or Adama Bigue, you know what I mean? But like uh-huh. 
Vostok? I can't really. I tried. Remember, I tried with that kid at PF Chang's over uh, over here where I lived. <laughs> that's true. A little fucking oh, knob, that was a long little, time ago, little knob job. God, that was yeah. That was single digit episodes. It must have been. Throwback. That must have been. Yeah, that must have been a long time ago. Yeah, I mean, just just to recap, because I don't know how familiar folks are. Um, I've given up trying to make watch friends in the wild, and I think one of the last times I tried a Vostok amphibia, or technically it was, a, I think it was a commander ski. Was was at the center of this of this conflict, and so I was at PF Chang's, where, where all good things go to die and are, are born, and I was I was getting my honey seared chicken or wherever, or wherever the hell it was, and um, I noticed the kid behind the counter. I knew he was a kid because I know what a kid looks like, like an eighteen year old kid or whatever. He was wearing he was wearing a Vostok commander ski, you know, black dial, red star with a tank, and I'm like, oh my god, this kid, may, maybe me and this kid could like be friends in like a not like old creepy guy way, like maybe like like we can like maybe he's in the Russian watches too, maybe you know. And so I go, I'm like, I'm like, and I pay for my order. I'm like, oh dude, by the way, that's a really cool Vostok, and he's like, what? And I'm like, you're 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 wearing a, a Vostok commander ski. He's like, oh no, this is a Russian watch. And I'm like, mm, I'd love to just crawl inside myself and die right now for having <laughs> having started this conversation with you fucking idiots. You know, he's like, oh yeah, my brother was in Russia and he bought me this Russian watch. I'm like, I don't help, help, help your brother fucking dies, bro. All right, <laughs> fucking making me feel like an idiot for reaching out for human connection. You know? Oh my god. I don't know what we're talking about. The Vostok Amphibia. So um, that's the point of the episode. We talk. That's like the main topic. But we have to honor tradition, and the tradition is also is also congruent with our Vostok Amphibian theme. This is a Vostok Amphibian episode, guys. You're gonna get hit over the heads with it. All right. If you have a Vostok and you're at home, put it on right now so you can join the club. You can join the Vostok Amphibian family. All right. But um, we have to honor tradition. We have to do a wrist check. Uh, um. I'm drinking coffee at 7 p.m. at night, so I'm I'm pretty wired right now. So Michael, you better you better say what you're wearing first, or the, or I'm gonna keep talking. What are you wearing to the to the wrist to the to the wrist check? Well, the reason so I <clears throat> I texted you about this topic last night, and it's because I've been wearing this one for a little bit now. Um, and it is a Vostok amphibia, what a lot of people call the scuba dude. Mm-hmm. So it's like a hmm it's like a blue aquamarine dial. Yeah. It rem, it remind I I really like comparing dial finishes and like colors on watches to old Fender colors. Uh, <laughs> and cuz it's I don't know, it's what I know best sometimes when I can't really pick out what it actually is. Right. And it's it's sort of what Fender calls Lake Placid blue. Which is like an early, uh, I think it's like a late '90s, early 2000s finish. It got really popular again. So, but I don't. Can you remind me which one I have? You, I, <laughs> that's okay. So, so, the, so the, the scuba dude actually is a dial that's featured in a variety of different um, amphibia cases. You have the one two zero case. Okay, so the one two zero case. And I did not know that I was getting the 120 case mm -hmm. until I basically got the shipping confirmation and I looked at it. I was like, huh, this looks different from the one that Kaz like got <laughs> recently. Like, I hope I got. And then I completely discovered the 120 design mm -hmm. and it looks, I guess it's a little less mm, like bubbly. You, you call it more like traditional dive watch structure. Right. You know? Maybe a little bit more like a skin diver if you're into that 
kind of like elongated lug structure. Mm-hmm. Um, the lugs are the, the 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 lugs have more presence on like the the width of the watch, and in addition to that, it has a crown guard. And so, and the the way the case is kind of curved, oh, yeah. it is more of a traditional sort of what you'd consider like a vintage um, European sort of diver. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. Yeah, but it's I mean it's gorgeous. Oh, uh, yeah. The the case is like I think like thirty nine millimeters. It, it probably says forty when you're purchasing it, but it's more like thirty eight, thirty nine. It certainly wears like thirty eight, thirty nine. Mm-hmm. I think lug to lug, it's around forty six, forty seven millimeters. Um, and it has a fanned 18 millimeter rubber strap, which just looks awesome. <laughs> I, I know it'll, it'll probably look sick on, on like NATOs or whatever, but I don't think I'm ever going to take this strap off because it's really comfortable. Actually, it's, I, I was not... going to, I was going to ask you, I've actually heard really good things, um, about like the, uh, the, 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 the watch accessories, the watch accoutrement that you would get with the watch. Um, the bracelet that the amphibians generally come with are horrible. I mean, they're that's what they're, I heard. So, so I got one of the rubber strap. But the rubber strap is good. You're saying, or like you, the you, rubber strap actually feels a lot like. So when Seiko came out with the SRP series a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and they came out with a new version of the fanned rubber strap. I think the Z something. I don't know whatever. Um, and everyone was like, "Oh, it's so soft and supple, and it's you know, it's a huge upgrade." I'm like. I think I think Vostok has been doing this for a while. It feels it feels like those newer, like really nice, really soft Seiko straps. So that's that's what it comes on. Um and one thing that I couldn't figure out yesterday, is this a fully automatic movement? When you say fully automatic, what do you mean? It ha- it has so, an automatic rotor. Okay, okay. I thought this was only manual wind. Oh no no no! It, it, uh, that should be the two. I'm gonna fuck this up. The two four one six, and it has it, it's automatic. But the the other amphibia you gave me is only manual wind. Yeah, correct? that's the yeah that's that that's the the movement in there. It's older, so it's early '80s. So it, that would be the um, the two two zero nine, which is actually the first caliber that the amphibias featured. And it was it was yeah that that's only manual wind. So so you, so you can you can shake that watch so you're blue in the face. It's not okay. it's not gonna it's not gonna wind. <laughs> See, that confused me because I was like, I had this watch and I'm like, okay, let me make sure to wind it every single day because <laughs> no, I thought be it was okay. I thought it was like the old one that you gave me. Um, but okay, good to know. I, I suspected that it was automatic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm now it's automatic, but the date, but the date is not quick set. Yours has a date, right? It's not quick set. <laughs> How annoying is that shit? <laughs> it's, it's super annoying. <laughs> but that, that was the thing with like, um, with just old watches for a while. Yeah. You know? Well, because that, that's the quirk with these watches. It's not like Vostok is making dive watches in homage to the watches they used to make. They're just still making the watches. It's like it's like your grandmother that's been making the same cookies for 70 years. It's not mm-hmm. like she's updated her recipe or she's ironically using the Betty Crocker recipe. This is just what she knows. You know what I mean? This right. is just what Vostok knows. So it, 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 it's... I like to tell people it's a vintage watch... But it's not like you don't have to like treat it like it's like 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 it's made of spider's webs. You know what I mean? Like it's still yeah. a newly produced watch. But but yeah, no, the 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 two four one six. I think yeah, they've been making that movement for like twenty or thirty years now. And the two two zero nine, which they don't make anymore, they had made it for a long time also, which isn't that older older amphibia that you have. But yeah, no. And so they they just I guess they just never had the wherewithal to quick set this fucking date. 
<laughs> on this movement. So, you know, whatever, man. It's funny because the vintage reissue craze is still going on and it's mm-hmm. going to go on for a while. Um, and we're seeing brands like tap into their old catalogs and designs and looking for anniversaries of whatever. Um, and they'll come out with something huge during Basel or, or whatever. Um, right. But Vostok has just never stopped. <laughs> never, no, exactly. It's not. It, well, and the, well, the thing is also the people don't really sort of consider it in that whole like, I don't know, heritage diver sort of thing because the unfortunate thing with just the way human nature works is that since this watch is affordable, you have the perception that it's it's a bad watch. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. not like an affordable Casio that has like retro dad cool factor. You know what I mean? Like dad watch factor. This is mm-hmm. like you just see it and you think it's just a cheap automatic. Um, so that's why I don't think people will kind of like realize that. You know, if you're looking for like a vintage diver or like a vintage style diver and you're not really seeing anything that's like connecting with you, dude, check out the Vostoks, man. They have, there's, there's a lot of different case types for these amphibias. I mean, there's, there's, a lot and they go all over the place and they go through all t- types of like tastes and things like that but they're all so well sized like they're so wearable and then that's why yeah. like i i'm super super into it and so i'm 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 hoping to pick up more more new amphibias but i'm really happy to hear that you're liking yours cuz i remember when you texted me that link and i told you this stuff i'm like man if he hates this watch i'm going to be i'm going to be like I'll, I'll i'll feel so bad you know what i mean i was i was in bed cuz i am I'm not really healthy. I'm healthy in what I eat, but not in the way that I carry on with my day. Not not how you exist. <laughs> exactly. Right, right. So I'm just like staying up late in bed on my phone for the sake of staying up late. And I'm looking at watches and I'm half asleep and I text Kaz. I'm like, oh, I hope he writes back by the time I fall asleep. And you're <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that's 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 that, like, like I said, yeah, that's a watch. I'm like, OK, so I add to cart like all from my phone. <laughs> I fell asleep and I woke up like, oh man, I hope, I hope I bought a good watch. <laughs> and, and that's, that's the beauty of these things. They're, they're like this thing is like 75 bucks or like 80 after like whatever shipping. Right. Um, and <clears throat> and it was, it was just so much fun to, to get the watch and get it on wrist and just go about my day. It's, it's really different from, from what I have in the collection. And if guys, if you're into the ladies, kind of noticing your watches um this is like the first watch in a long time that my wife has been like oh man that's like that's like a really pretty watch really that's so cool (laughs) yeah yeah because the last watch she like really noticed was the doxa and she's like oh god that's a fucking terrible orange watch (laughs) (laughs) but she liked the avid diver the orange avid diver was cool i know but the doxa wasn't (laughs) i can't put my finger on it man that's awesome (laughs) yeah yeah, but no, I'm I'm having I'm having a good time with it. Um, happy to discover this one two zero. Yep, one twenty. As opposed to the more popular four two zero, which is what you have, right? Yeah, that's that's what I'm wearing right now. Uh, the four two zero is popular just because it's it's become sort of like the iconic like new version of the amphibia. And I think uh, someone's gonna correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure the Steve Zizow dial, the ship's wheel, I'm pretty sure the case that's in is the four two zero case. I could be wrong. That's what it looks like. It's kind of lugless, right? Yeah, it's just a circle. It just looks like a circle. It has these it has these little little tiny lugs and it's got like the bezel with the dots on it. 
You know what I'm saying? So yeah. um, I think that's like sort of where um, it's come from. But I'm I'm I have the four two zero case. I have it on the paratrooper dial, um, and it has that red star and it's like a green like colored dial. So we've started calling it the the Vostok Heineken. Yeah. Shout out to Ryan Moy for the idea. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, sir. Um, I have it on an EA8 leather goods like suede strap, and I've had it on here for a long time. I love this thing. Um, um, EA basically made this thing for for me, and so I have the red stitching matching the red accents on the watch, and it's really, really cool. Um, what I've been having fun with actually with this watch, which I think is something that people can definitely take advantage of with Vostok if you're the type of person that's inclined for this, is I've been I've been swapping the bezel out on this like no one's business because I had I had a few um, Vostok bezels just lying around, and so I've just been like swapping, like I have three or four, and so I immediately just took the stock one off and I put this one on that I bought with it, and then um, I have this other one on here now that I bought a long time ago. For that vintage one that you now have, um, and it's just, I just, it's just fun. I don't know. It's just fun to just be able to just do it so easily. You know, just swap out the is, bezel. Is that the bezel you were like waiting for when we were like both working together? <laughs> yes, it was. I was waiting months for this bezel to get here. It got here. I put it on the watch, and the style of watch case um, that the that I was trying to put it on. Uh, it just basically didn't fit like it snapped on but it wouldn't turn properly and so I was waiting two months to just enjoy that bad news so uh, mm. the good news is the bezel fits just fine on the 420 case you know and so that's what I have it on here right now and uh, I don't know I, I, I wore this during my move I knew it was a robust watch and I knew if I kind of dinged it up during the move it wasn't going to be that big of a deal and it's exactly what happened I smashed it against a wall and I got this big like like road rash like scratch on the on the on the crystal and like you know it sucks i have to poly watch it out but I don't know, i'm not too worried about it. It, it you know do you have poly watch by the way i actually found some during <clears throat> while i was unpacking everything to like 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 set up my desk i actually found some so i should probably use that because some some guys just use toothpaste <laughs> I've heard that because because like it's an abrasive, so I could do the toothpaste yeah. thing. You know what I mean? I mean it yeah. would it would definitely be it would definitely fit the janky ass vibe of the watch if I were just use toothpaste. You know? Yeah, why not? <laughs> why not, man? <laughs> <clears throat> I'm on the hunt for um, a few more <sighs> Vostoks. Um, in particular, I'm looking for one vintage style of amphibia, which I'll talk about later in the show when we start like digging into like the history of the watch and everything like that. It's very expensive. It's essentially the first wave of amphibia cases that came out, um, and I'll, I'll talk about it in a bit. But I mean, right now, I'm just I'm super happy with this watch, you know. And I'm really I'm I really am happy you like yours. I I might actually want to get a one two zero case because there's something, I don't know, there's something kind of cool uh, that your your that case that you have almost it looks almost more wearable than the four two zero just because of like the way the lugs look, you know. Yeah, I might want to get a a four two zero. That's hilarious. You want to swap? <clears throat> you want to watch swap, bro? <laughs> we can watch swap. Right. Uh, let me let me ask you this. So we we talk about Seiko mm-hmm. and the way that their stuff is getting more expensive in some of their collections. Right. How would you feel if like out of nowhere Vostok amphibias were just like getting to like 300 400 bucks a pop? I mean, I'd get my pitchfork first of all. You know what I mean? Right? 
right? would get my pitchfork. Well, the thing is, some models of Vostoks that come out are above what I would consider the normal price. Like they'll be maybe two fifty, maybe three hundred bucks. But oh. those are limited edition. Um, so Marinam will um, work with the Kistapol factory, which is the Vostok watch factory, which is where the watches are made. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll do like runs of like one hundred and fifty watches. And sometimes they'll make them just for a particular group. Like, I know the Russian Watch You Seek forum will sometimes have runs made for them. Because I think the guy that runs Marinam, the dude named Dimitri, is on the, uh, the Watch You Seek forum. So, and they'll be like 250 or, two, or 260, like like a piece. But those are those are limited runs. I mean, generally, if you were looking for a Vostok Amphibia or a Commanderski, if you were more into that sort of case style, I mean, it's not going to be, it's going to be between 60 and 80 bucks. You know Interesting. What I mean? All day. Mm-hmm. Um, but some are a little more expensive than that, but those are things like that are sort of what I would consider outside the standard amphibia line. I think the prices on these watches will always stay where they're at. Um, I think Vostok knows if they rock that boat, it's going to be bad, which is why lately we've been seeing more limited edition runs from them at a bit of a, at a bit of a higher price just so they can... Mm-hmm push the envelope a little bit and make a little bit more money but i think they're doing that in an effort to make sure the prices on these amphibians stay the same but yeah if i got like an email tomorrow and it's like oh you know prices of vostek amphibians you know goes from 80 dollars to 300 dollars, yeah i'm getting my pitchfork dude so you you think vostok is aware of the enthusiast community and they recognize what these people want and they cater to them if Vostok themselves aren't, then then Marinam, like the official retailer for them, that guy totally is. He's very aware mm. of like the niche following um, that the brand has. I mean, I mean, just look look at how he technically Marinam Vostok had a Basel release outside the building, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, by, by by the hot dog cart. Yeah, no, seriously. Like, yeah, like his thing is like, um, you know, he didn't buy a booth. He didn't like. He wasn't inside. <laughs> So he released, he released like, uh, they're doing another run, I think of like, um, it's a limited edition run. I think it's another reissue of like the 67 like diver or whatever that they're doing. And it's like mm-hmm. limited edition to like, I don't know, like 150 or 200 pieces or whatever. But instead of having like press photos or having like a booth and showing it, the dude just took a photograph of it on his wrist outside the building on Instagram. And he just posted yeah. that. And so there's two schools of thought. You could this first school of thought is okay. Well, they're really bad at marketing. The second school of thought is no, they're really good at marketing because they know, they know where these people are who are going to buy them. But you, you know, like they're they're not going to who are they trying to impress? You know what right. I mean? Yeah. Like they know if they ha- if they get Charlie <clears throat> Theron's dumbass wearing that watch with like a panther on a fainting couch. No, no one gives a shoot. That's like that doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? <laughs> but the dude just wearing the watch. In the cold outside the Basel building, that's perfect. <laughs> so yeah, it looks it looks like a fine watch, and it, it makes me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that one's probably a little more expensive, right? You think that one's in the two hundred something range? Probably, if it's limited, yeah, most likely okay. two or three hundred bucks, something like that. Okay. No, it gets me. It gets me really interested <clears throat> in these. Um, you know. I'm tempted to say reissue Vostoks, but they're just not. They're just, I guess, contemporary, modern, built. It's it's interesting. This year or something. The only thing I would really constitute or classify as potentially a reissue reissue is um they read no there I use the word reissue um the 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 Vostok um classica the Vostok classic. So you've seen it before. It's a dress watch. Um, 
It's like a white dial, black dial, and a green dial. Um, uh, Tritium Balls has one. I think Cameron Laz has one. You've seen them, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so the watches, I would sort of classify them as a reissue. Not really, because um, before Vostok started doing things like the Commander Ski, um, which is the watch that basically, like like the first like tough watch that they made, the watch that, that helped them get you know the designation to be the official watch supplier for the USSR Ministry of Defense before all of that stuff. They were doing dress watches with the focus on like dust proof and water resistance and things like that. And so there was always that sort of dress watch inclination um, with things like the, um, with dial designations like the Mir, MIR and the Kama K-A-K-M-A, K-A-M-A. And so the Vostok Classica, in my opinion, is sort of like a harken back to those watches. It's not really a copy of any one of those watches, but you can see some of the same sort of um, design stylings um, with that watch. So I, I, I don't want folks to think that watch came out of like a thin air. There is sort of like a legacy with it, but that's the closest thing I would classify as the reissue. The other one is probably, I think they tried doing a one-one reissue of the of like the diver, the first official cover, like commercially available amphibia from 1967 or 1968. Um, I think it's called the 1967, but the Vostoks weren't commercially available until 68. Um, that's like that's a clear reissue. Um, but other than that, that's just that's that's not really like reissues aren't really like on their on their radar. I think they're learning that these sort of interesting limited runs in addition to just keeping these classic case styles like the 120 and the 710 and the whatever the fuck it is all those other bullshits like keeping those in some limited runs i think that's i think they realize that's the way to go you know what i mean so when you say classica is that its own series because i'm i'm on marinom right now and i just found a badass like <laughs> badass watch and i think it's part of the amphibian classic series mm-hmm. and then it takes me, it designates it as 100, and it's the Amphibian Classic 10821. Let me see. Is that, I think is that, that the might same be thing? 10821. Let me see. So it's, it's the it right same now. dial color. It's the same dial color as your um, paratrooper dial, but it's it's cleaner. It doesn't have any design, and this one has like a 12 hour bezel. Oh really no! Nice. This yeah, oh, this, this thing. Okay, I'm looking at it right now. No, no, this is this is this is this is an amphibia. Um, what I'm talking about here, I'll, I'll 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 give you the exact number right now. This thing is this thing is actually super badass, by the way. <laughs> this thing is super Damn. super cool. Why why did I have to see? This is this is the same kind of fun that Seiko should still be. Yeah, those you days know, are just, those days are gone. Just just stumbling on these on these these watches or whatever and and like being like okay yeah 76 bucks i can see myself getting that in like a couple weeks just for fun you know yeah (sighs) yes seiko's not fun anymore it can still seiko's still like cool and interesting but it's definitely not like not oh this is this is newish it says pre-order yeah it, 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 it must be it must be uh is it is it a limited one or is it just sort of like out of stock potentially I might just be out of stock. Mm. I don't think it says limited anything anywhere. Might just be out of stock. Let me That's see cool. if I can't find the where did this I'm gonna, one go? I'm gonna bookmark this. Yeah, man, bookmark it. That thing is where it's at. Maybe are they calling it the commander ski, which they shouldn't be? One second, I'm looking this up. It's it's very confusing. 
The classifications are odd because they know it's difficult for people to understand if they deviate out of Amphibia, out of, you know, Commander Ski and things like that. You know what I mean? So they try and, like, <laughs> lump it all into those things. So there's Amphibia SE and there's Amphibia Classic and things like that. And it just gets... It, it, it gets really... It can get confusing. So when you were when you were texting me that night and you were just like, "Is this watch like blah blah blah?" I'm like, "I totally understand." <laughs> like, yeah, it's okay. No one knows, dude. You know what I mean? It's probably like 3 a.m. your time too. <laughs> it was pretty late. I was I was in bed also. We were just we were just two cool dudes texting each other from bed. <laughs> right. Exactly. Two cool. All the time. Two cool pillow. Two cool pillow talk watch knobs. Okay. Just, just, just in our boxers. Just in our boxers with our sleeping <laughs> wives next to us. Just texting about watches, man. You know, it's all cool. It's what, it's what family does, right? Uh, I can't exactly. Find, I can't find this goddamn reference number right now. No, it's Whatever. okay. I'll put it in the show okay. notes. But no, the one I'm talking about is different. I'll show it to you afterwards. But um, but yeah, no, I, 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 you hit the nail on the head. It's just fun to go and explore on the Marinom site. If actually, if you go on the homepage of Marinom right now, um, they have not a reissue, but a sort of um, uh, another line of one of the Vostoks I'm keeping an eye out for. And I might have mentioned it on air, and I kind of don't want to, because I know if I do, I'm never going to find it. Don't do it, man. But don't I make have, the same mistake I did. I, <laughs> I, I'm never going to find it anyway. It's impossible for you to find it. The, the, the examples that exist, um, they're, they're, they're not going to. That's it. So um, in the 80s, uh, Vostok experimented with doing um, sort of a compression style, like an overt compression style case with an interior rotating bezel. Oh, I think I saw it on the homepage. Yeah, so it'll have two crowns. It have the uh, crown for the rotating bezel, and have the crown for the, the you know the, the regular you know, works, the mechanical works, and everything like that. So the run uh, in the '80s was very short, um, but the watch is now very collectible. Um, I think it's very collectible just because of what it's been nicknamed, because it has uh, two two crowns. It's been called the King Vostok, or the or the Vostok King. You know, ooh, right? Like doesn't, that. <laughs> doesn't that make it? Doesn't that make it sound so cool? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's a watch I'm keeping an eye out for. Obviously, um, Mark Gordon at USSR time has one or two in or, an original. <laughs> I think he actually says he got it like in the box. I think it's like it's like it's like new old stock. He just like Cut got down, it, dude. I know, dude. So so if you have no idea what I'm talking about, um, probably one of the more useful resources that anyone could ever have not just for Vostok but really for any type of USSR clockworks not even just watches clockworks is um, a website called ussrtime.com uh, it's basically the online category or the online catalog um, database for a Russian watch collector named Mark Gordon and he has He's such a huge collection and it's a really really incredible reference and it's been super super valuable for me and just my sort of knowledge seeking and all that stuff so if i see something and i'm like oh i don't know if this is correct blah 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 let me go to mark gordon's website i'll be there and the thing is if even if he has a watch and he thinks the hands are replaced or if something isn't original He'll say it. He'll be like, oh, blah, 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 original, blah, blah, original, case crown, most likely replaced, blah, blah, blah. And that's just super valuable. I mean, I think that's just that's just incredible. I I, I, I use that website a lot. Um, 
and I would definitely encourage anyone to be on there. But yeah, Mark Gordon has one. Uh, he has a King Vostok, and the thing looks it's it's super clean. That's that's one Vostok I've been keeping an eye out for, and I'm never gonna find, which is fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's just I I I I accept it. I accept it now. But um, but yeah, you don't have. But yeah, so so there is like a newer version of that uh, on the homepage for Marinom right now. I think it's limited. I think it's like two fifty or two sixty or something like that uh, USD. Yeah, yeah. So. Like you said, much more expensive than what I usually see here. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, at the same time, two fifty bucks—that's still—that's that's really not a lot of money, especially for if it's no. a limited edition run. So, but the thing yeah. is, if you were—but I do love the—I—I I, I just love that element of discovery. Like what we just had when you saw that watch. That I mean, it's out of stock now, but you can probably still find it on eBay. Like that element of discovery, I've only ever had with Russian watches. You know? Yeah, I'll get that one. Right? <laughs> I'll buy it right now if I could. It might be on eBay. You never know, man. You know? Yeah, you might, I, 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 it's just, I think that's something that people are definitely missing out on, you know, um, with the Russian watches. But um, I don't even know if we're doing the wrist check anymore. I, I think we've just transitioned to just talking about Russian watches. We are. We are. But we started, but we started um, kind of getting into the main topic. We can... We can talk about some new stuff that went up on the site if you want to talk about that. And oh then, yeah, uh, yeah. Before before we really before we sink our teeth into the topic at hand, um, talk about the website. I just wanted. I don't know if I, I can't remember if I mentioned this on air. I should re- I should really listen to our own podcast before we record new <laughs> podcast. You know what I'm saying? I can't remember if I mentioned this on air, but um, the website's doing incredible. Um, in large part to the support that we've gotten from everyone in regards to just looking at. Just looking at the website, checking it out every day. Even people who are contributing to Patreon because all that goes towards our hosting and like our, our our just making sure we have everything we need to keep the site up and running. Um, I mean, site traffic has basically quadrupled from where it was a couple months ago, which for me is huge. We know? love you even if you have unsubscribed from our mailing list. Oh, man. I, I don't want to talk about the <laughs> mailing list. Yeah, if you... If you mm. <laughs> I'm not mad. Hit a nerve. Hit a nerve with Kaz. I'm not. I'm not mad. I just don't know why. Why would you sign up for the newsletter and then unsubscribe when we send the newsletter? You know what I'm saying? It, it, it is what it is. I'm not upset. It's just interesting. It's because uh, we're not running a giveaway right now. Oh, maybe that's what it is. Mm, we should do more giveaways. We should I do more so. giveaways. Oh, man. Oh, man, that's funny. But yeah, no, there is a newsletter. Um, I'm trying to make it as nice as I can. I don't know. I, I, it's it's the website's all me. Uh, all me and Michael, obviously. Uh, Michael's helping out just in regards to making sure that there's posts and everything like that. But in terms of like the like the design and what the website looks like and how things function, I just I'm staring at that website all the time. It's but, all Kaz. It's it's 100 Kaz. Baby, it's us. It's us. It's <laughs> give us. give him a hand. It's us together. <laughs> No, 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 no! Don't give me a hand. I have my self-esteem is way too low for that, and I like to, I like, I like the way I am. I want to keep my self-esteem low. It's easier this way. <laughs> it's easy. Life, life is definitely easier to cope with if you know you're meaningless. You know what I'm saying? So I feel as if, as long as my expectations are low, every day's okay. You know? I keep trying to convince my wife that most people are awful. She doesn't. <laughs> she doesn't want to. Uh, uh, dude, I got my wife on board with that years ago. Uh, yeah. I mean, a, a great pastime of ours is just going to Disney, sitting down, people watching, and judging. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> just oh, judging man. motherfuckers in public. You know? 
I'm telling you, man. He 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 was he was without sin. Cast the first stone. All right. Yeah. <laughs> oh my so God. good stuff on the site. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's right. Um. Uh. So two two uh, two articles I want to give a shout outs to right now. The first one is written by 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 our 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 very favorite broke watch knob Michael. It is in regards to the Bulova mm, Bulova mm, Bulova, Either one. Bulova Bulova. Mm. The Bulova, uh, the the lunar pilot chronograph, whatever the fuck it is. You guys, you guys know what I'm trying to say. Uh, culinary mm-hmm. or culinary. Uh, it is the, the lunar pilot chronograph, not the moon watch, right? No more. No yeah. more. Somebody no, got in trouble. No Somebody more. Somebody got fired. <laughs> Someone got a ruler to their knuckles for calling that watch the moon watch. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no. Um, uh, he had a really, really cool write-up on there. Just basically a review of the watch. Um, and and I remember before you before you started writing it, I was surprised to learn you sold it. Yeah. Right. And then you reviewed the watch, and now you think you might buy it again, or you might buy um, the DLC version again. Yeah, I think I might buy the 2017 version, which is it's a little bit cleaner. It's got the older style Bulova word mark over mm-hmm. at 12 o'clock. Um, <clears throat> to me, it just looks a little more balanced. It looks yeah. less like a Speedmaster. I think, I think I was really concerned with having a watch that I could have in the collection with my Speedmaster, but that also looked like the Speedmaster. Right. And that, that really wasn't fulfilling for me. I think the black DLC version could potentially complement the Speedmaster as like a modern watch that is not necessarily concerned with posing as a vintage reissue, but more along the lines of paying heritage to what the Bulova actually was at that time. Okay. Interesting. With like a modern, with like a modern twist. So I said, I said at the time during an old episode that, that Moonwatch and the Speedmaster could coexist in a collection. But I feel like I was wrong. Okay. Um, as the months went by and I was just like, I don't know, which one do I wear? Because they just both look exactly the same. One is just <laughs> massive compared to the other. Um, so I think, you know, I'm, I'm thinking that the DLC version might be a little cooler to just have in the collection. I got rid of two watches at the same time. Because I felt like they looked like they looked too much like other watches in the collection, so I got rid of that Bulova mm. because it was too much like the Speedmaster, and I got rid of my SRP Triple Seven because it just looked too much like a black dive watch. <laughs> Which you <laughs> you love black dive watches, though. <laughs> I know, I know, but I, I just. I, I want to diversify. You okay. Know? No, I to- I totally hear you, man. Yeah, I was surprised I'm, to hear you. I'm, got I'm rid like of I'm boring as it is, you know. I just that's not true. I want things to be a little spicier on the wrist. So, with with the Boulevard, I'm thinking of the black DLC version. I want to if I get it, if I get it, I'm thinking about doing one of the um, like one of the Velcro nasa spec straps the space, I don't know if you've the, seen the space straps oh I've, I've i haven't seen the one from bulova but i have a really funny story about the one on the speedmaster in a boutique which i can't remember if i told the story on on air before well there, there's a there's a vendor called gas gas bones in the uk yep. and i don't think he makes them anymore but they look really cool um there's mm-hmm. like a short 
version of the NASA Velcro one, which I think would look pretty cool on the uh, on the black DLC version. But I mean, who, who knows? I, I might get it. I might not. I just know that the black version just looks so cool with that dial. Um, some guys are even like sourcing the no date dial and putting it on the first generation moon watch. Oh, wow. By the way, <laughs> yeah, some people are going as far as to do that. That's so, intense. um, yeah, we'll see. But that review is up there. If you haven't checked it out yet, um, take a look. There are some fun photos I took with one of my guitars and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, we need to do more guitar watch photos. Yeah. Yeah, right? we do. I agree. <laughs> Those are always so fun. Uh, mm, one second. There's an emergency. Keep talking to the nice people. I'll be right back. Oh, God. There's an emergency. That can mean one of several things for Kaz. Ow. Could be a cooking emergency. Could be a cat emergency. Could be a spicy food emergency. Could be a delivery guy emergency. I'm, I'm back. It's fine. It's all fine. <laughs> <clears throat> it's fine now. I was just listing potential emergencies that, that you have experienced. <laughs> During during the lifespan of two broke watch knobs, a few have been going on. We we've gone through a few emergencies, but um, but yeah, no, I I I encourage folks to check out um the Bulova Pilot Lunar Pilot uh, chronograph that right at the mic's got on there. In addition to that, there was also the um review I had written for the Orient Polaris GMT. Uh, as you guys know, we have sort of a love affair with or is with Orient GMTs, uh, Orient mm -hmm. GMTs, um. And so, you know, we got the one for the WZ0071DJ on air and um, was really excited to get this one on air as well, on, on, on the, on the website as well. So a huge shout out to, mm, I should have really, should really practice this, uh, CK Fournier at CK Fournier, Fournier, Fournier. We gave mm. him a watch, man. He won a watch. You guys remember him. Everyone remembers CK Fournier. Okay. Uh, he won the, he won the, 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 ma the marathon right yes yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Yes. he has he he owned the um, the orient polaris gmt and he basically offered it for review uh and and in the spirit of and of just good faith and so uh huge shout out the review would not be possible without him check out his feed it's a lot of fun um check out the review as well i think it's an interesting watch that's on people's radar but also i think you can overlook it even though it's not necessarily a quote-unquote, like, as I've learned now, the proper definition, as people have corrected me, like a true GMT, because I guess the GMT hand moves as you move the time. You can still adjust the GMT hand, like, separately, but if you were to, like, move the time, the GMT hand would move. And so I've come to learn that's not what a true GMT is, right? Yeah, there's, like, a Flyers GMT and... Um... I, I think it's preferable if the smaller local hour hand is the one that jumps hour to hour, you know? Right, 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 right. But this is, yeah. in, in, in my opinion, as someone that's not like a jet-setting hooker killer, this is yeah. still a mechanical GMT. Like, I, yeah. I, I think it's still super, super cool. It's an in-house Orient caliber. Um, I think what's particularly interesting about it is you can find them under 400 bucks all day. New. Yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Orient makes some insane GMTs. Um, I think there was an Orient Star, not like the one that you had, but there was another one that was a little dressier. So it was like an Orient Star version of the Polaris. Do you know which one I'm talking about? Oh, uh, man, potentially. Was it one of the limited ones or is it like a normal production one? 
Dude, I found it on like an Orient site that is like only in Japanese and you can't translate it. <laughs> like Google's, Google's Google? like, no. <laughs> it's like one of those sites. That's awesome, man. Well, you gotta we'll put a link up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's cool, man. Yeah. So yeah, go go and check out the write-ups we got, and then go also check out all the other write-ups. I mean, like, uh, great things just c- contributed directly from folks in the community. Also, while while you're on the website, if you guys have blogs or websites or even just social media profiles like Facebook stuff like of your own, and you feel inclined to share those links on your blogs or Facebook or whatever the hell, please totally do that. That would help out the show so much. That would just help us increase, you know, our basically our online outreach, which will just really support getting more eyes on the show, um, just helping the organic search via Google of the show, things like that. Um, that would just be really, really cool, you know, uh, just mm-hmm. throwing that out there. I always forget to tell, I always forget to remind folks about that. So, but, yeah. um, but yeah, great things on the website. going to keep working, keep plugging away at it. I'm working on an area of the website that specifically aggregates Russian watch content. Um, so like you can, there'll be an area that'll talk, that'll be a little, a little area on the page. That's just about like history of Russian watches. And then there'll be an area on the page that just, um, aggregates podcast episodes about Russian watches that we've, that we've talked about. So Obviously, this one's gonna be in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, huge thank you to everyone who's been just you know directly or indirectly helping on the website. You know. Yeah, thank you. We've had some some nice content go up, and uh, it's slow but it's steady, and uh, it's growing. That's the most important part. So I'm happy yeah. about that. I'm trying to post something either every day or every other day. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Trying my best to stick to that schedule, and so so far it's been working pretty well. But um, is it time? Should we talk? How do how do we begin talking about the Vosak Amphibia? Just talk so about the first. The first thing I want to know, which seems confusing to me, is is amphibia or amphibian an umbrella term for just a type of watch produced by several factories or manufacturers? So the term amphibia was chosen by Vostok, but it is by no means, at the time, branded. There were a few amphibias, and it was sort of an internal, internal like dive watch space race within Russia. Um, uh-huh. There was a Poljot amphibia, there was a Raketa amphibia, and there was a Vostok amphibia. Okay. Um, the Vostok amphibia won because it did it differently, and it did it just better. It solved the issue in a way that the other dive dive watches couldn't. So these days, when you say one, do you like did it win a military contract? Is is that is that what you mean? Yeah, the Navy chose it. Okay, you know? they basically they they had decided to use the Vostok amphibia for early naval operations before it was commercially available in like sixty eight. In sixty seven, they were using really really early models. That look incredible <laughs> uh, for like naval operations. Um, obviously, Mark Gordon on USSR Time has a couple on his website. <laughs> we'll put the links. Right. Uh, they're 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 wonderfully gorgeous. That's actually one of the watches that I'm hunting. There are some on eBay right now, but they're asking like a thousand bucks, which it is a lot of money for vintage Russian watches. But if everything is authentic, and it, it does. On these pieces that I'm seeing, it does look authentic. Then it might, maybe, maybe, maybe I'll. It depends how badly I want. It depends how surprised I'll be when my wife leaves me. I think that's what I'm really <laughs> just trying to like take consider. Oh, babe, I I spent a thousand dollars on this on this tin watch 
that someone probably died in, you know? <laughs> so wait a minute. What was what was the Russian Navy doing in the 60s, by the way? I'm just I'm just curious. They were probably in in in, in Antarctica. Huh. You know yeah. what I mean? Cuz we cuz we hear we hear so much like marketing like mumbo jumbo about Panerai for example. It's like, "Oh, these these were worn by the Italian like whatever like during this time." And I'm like, "Well, I don't know how much they were doing exactly at that time, you know." Right. Uh and, and I'm I'm checking out the the Russian Navy today. They have one aircraft carrier, one battle cruiser. I mean, just aircraft carriers alone. I think we have like 10 Nimitz class like aircraft carriers just in the US Navy and I'm just like I guess the point I'm trying to make is that Vostok never really cared about pushing this affiliation or history the way that like some brands do today they don't really give a shit I mean the association is there they're just they're a watchmaker yeah they're a watchmaker I mean and they'll sometimes like sometimes like they'll say it they'll be like oh you know chosen for you know blah 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 but like I they don't have the thing is what I love about their forward like marketing and their outreach they don't have anything to prove right you know what I mean they're not yeah. they're not riding on a legacy of like oh we were chosen in in 1962 as the as the provider of ministry defense watches and blah 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 this is like well I'm, you wouldn't know yeah yeah you yeah, I mean you, that, you would that's yeah. why I asked you did did they win a, a military contract because it I did. just I did not know <laughs> They did with the what was later called the first commander ski. So it was particularly shock resistant, dust proof, and water resistant. This is before the amphibia. The amphibia was conceptualized and created and prototyped in 1967. Hmm. Um, but you know, they 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 basically became the official provider for the uh, USSR Ministry of Defense. Um, at that time, and then the Vostok amphibias uh, were provided for naval operations, and so I, I'm not like a, a military expert with regards to the USSR. I'm sort of like more of like economy and like social movement expert views. Not, 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 not an expert. Take that back. Um, but the thing is, most likely it was stuff in Antarctica. It was probably stuff with like underwater mines. Probably stuff with laying pipes, oil pipes. You know what I mean? Interesting for bases and things like that. Um, <laughs> that kind of shit. I mean, it was it was it was the Cold War, man. You got you got to be ready for everything, right? Yeah, yeah. Hold on, hold on. What, what what's wrong, sweetheart? Are you okay? Yeah, I yelled at you earlier. I uh, the emergency was my cat was trying to climb into the closet, um, which is a problem because we have a big <laughs> a big mattress in the closet, and the cats like to climb all the way on top of the mattress and then behind the mattress to when <laughs> to where we'll never see them again. You um, still have that mattress, huh? I feel like I saw that mattress the, when I was at your last apartment. Oh God, yeah, yeah. It's still uh, uh my, my wife does not want to throw it out. Um, so I carry with me like a tumor. I just carry with me everywhere I go until one day it kills me. You know, like a like like a tumor lovingly nestled like a warm sweet roll in my brain pan until one day the size and then it just it's just too much for my brain to take. That's kind of that that's that's what the mattress has become, Michael. All right. So okay, <laughs> I'm very particular about this goddamn mattress. I want it out of my house, bro. All right. <laughs> You hear that, Rebecca? <laughs> no, please, baby, baby, don't hurt me. Luckily, she's at work. Oh man. So, a, so this 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 watch won a, a military contract, and okay, I feel like when this happens, a lot of guys like myself, mm-hmm. uh, you can call us posers, um, 
<laughs> we we want to we want to in a sense try to find the I guess the closest connection we can to I guess the most cornerstone model in in the watch's history. So mm-hmm. with the CWC Royal Navy Diver for example, I can never afford a Milsub. But in the lineage of what the Milsub is, that's like the watch that I'm totally into having. Uh, if if a guy wanted to feel like a Russian Navy man at the time with a Vostok amphibia and wanted to buy a watch today, which one should they look at? Say something from Marinom.com. So, so like a newer watch? Yeah, yeah. Because that's the thing, right? We want the vintage look today, but we don't want to deal with the upkeep. Right, right, right. I think they still do... Probably the ministry case. I forgot the exact number. It might be seven ten or seven eleven. No, it can't be seven eleven. That's a that's a that's a chain of convenience stores. It might be seven ten. <laughs> Sorry. Um uh-huh. the, 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 the the ministry case is sort of it's a bit beefier, you know what I mean? But it's it's also that was a, that was a loud crash. Someone someone might be breaking into my apartment right now. That's fine. Cats cats everywhere. <laughs> cats do 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 cats be running wild. All right. <laughs> but no, I, I I would probably say if you wanted to feel like like I don't know like authentic, probably one of those. But in terms of like the modern line, I don't know if there are any that are like that would make you sort of feel like a KGB Ministry of Defense man, piano wiring innocent ladies or whatever you know whatever they did. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't know. I'm not like an expert. You know what I mean? So uh, in terms of like I don't know, I, I I feel like there aren't really any watches that would sort of capture that. I don't really. Th- I you know what's funny? I don't like think of it like that. I think like I, what I would consider probably authentic, and you can find them online super easily. Is probably one of the Zakaz models. Um, there's a dial designation within vintage Vostoks which specifically denotes this watch was only intended for the sale through shops that supplied products to employees of the Ministry of Defense. Hmm. You know what I mean? So if you have one, if you have one, if you if you see one of those watches on eBay. It will say, oh God, Zakaz. So it'll be three A K A three M O C C C P. It'll be something like that. We'll put a picture up probably, or pro- properly, not probably. We will properly. Um, those watches, I feel like, are probably like the most quote unquote like authentic. Once the relationship really kicked in, there's Commander Ski models and there's also Amphibia models. Um, I would keep an eye out for 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 those. I know some folks in the watch fam um, are because I think I've talked about this, the the Zakaz models on on air before. You know what I mean. But in terms of like a modern watch, probably probably like a Ministry case. What I'll do is I'll structure the show notes to like let people know, you know, what sort of um, watch would be like the closest thing to something like that. Um, actually, it's interesting. Uh, Marinom did do a sort of modern run of a Zakaz model sort of dial type, uh, but of the commander scheme, which we'll put a link up to. These show notes are going to be insane, Michael. Don't worry, I'll do them, okay? <laughs> I, know. I, I might be I might be out of commission when that's you're right. doing them. So, so I'll, I'll, this works out perfectly then. But um, for me, I think it's probably that first, like, like what I would consider like the purest form of like amphibia collecting. It's probably the swing lug case. So the swing lug case is probably the first iteration of Vostok amphibias that were ever created. And they were created 
um, hmm. in like 67. I don't, I don't think they were commercially available. It, the indication seems to be that they were just made for um, naval operations. Um, what I wanted to spend time talking about is the reason it has the quote-unquote swing lugs. Have we ever talked about like sort of have you ever talked about oh, an air? This looks this looks cool. It's super cool, isn't it? Don't don't tell anyone, Michael. They'll buy them all. All right. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> it's almost it almost hmm? looks like a like the dial of a zodiac sea wolf. It's with yeah the triangles at uh, twelve, three, six, and nine. Oh, I know the one you're looking at. Yeah, it, 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 I would not surprise at all if they sort of took that sort of styling cue you know because uh, they just they needed it to be legible and they would they would they would cake it with this fucking weird loom and it would glow I mean, it doesn't glow anymore you know but back <laughs> then it would totally glow um those early early ones they're rated i don't i don't think they're i don't i wouldn't trust it but they're rated for 300 meters but all other um Vostok really are 200 yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't take it uh i wouldn't take it that far um even back then i'm sure i'm sure i'm sure many i'm, I'm sure many a patriotist, patriotist, uh, red army naval diver never came back. Uh, trusting that watch <laughs> on their wrist, came back from the depths of disarming underwater mines. Um, However, or, I don't think that would be due to the watch. I think that's an important <laughs> point. <laughs> Who knows, man? I don't know. But I, I, I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but sort of the issue that they faced when it came time to make a dive watch because making a dive watch in Russia was such a big deal because before before everything else was sort of tough but this was a bit different this was a dive watch that needed to go they they wanted it to go to 200 meters have we ever like talked about like sort of like the history of what they had to go through i feel like maybe we've like 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 scratched it a bit maybe maybe when addressing the crown action but not much uh, more. Ah, yes, the the, the 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 broken crown wobble, <laughs> the wobble. Do the wobbles where it's at, man? The wobble knows the wobbles will tell you. It was what tells you it's real. You know? By the way, this this whole time for the past like five minutes, I've been cycling through the dates while we've been talking, <laughs> and I've been feeling that wobble. <laughs> I'm just trying to get it on the right date. How fast does the date change in the two four one six? It's like Dude, instant, so fast, right? Yeah. I don't know yeah, why it does so that. I, I don't know how it does that. They can do that, but they can't have it. They, they can't have a quick set. So <laughs> priorities, right? Um, yeah. The issue with watches in the USSR was uh, I'm trying to think of a way to like succinctly explain this. Um, so I wrote a bunch of uh, articles on the website that talk about this in more detail. So I'm just gonna like cliff note the shit out of this. The headline is that Russia never had a renaissance and Russia never had an industrial revolution on the same sort of time scale that the rest of Europe had. The reason that's uh -huh. really important is that the renaissance was really sort of the the emerging of not what you would directly call the middle class, but like the roots of what would become the middle class. And that was really through things like... Um, you know, trade innovation, manufacturing, uh, obviously art and all that crap, but really just more in regards to money, how money is made, how things are made, so on and so forth. And then obviously the Industrial Revolution happened late in the 1700s and 1800s, and that played a huge factor as well. Yeah, none of that shit happened in Russia. Mm. Not, none of that stuff happened in Russia. Russia was basically a serfdom until I think the 1860s. Are you familiar with a, with, 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 with a, with a serfdom? What, what, what serfs are, Michael? 
Vaguely, yeah. They're basically slaves. They're basically yeah. it's basically feudalism. So the idea is that there's a landowner, and the landowner gives plots of land to these people. He doesn't pay them, but he allows them to stay there. He allows the people to stay there if they like care for the land, if they farm, if they do this, all, all that stuff. And the landowner doesn't do anything. He just collects the profits of the things that they do. You know, it was basically slavery, though, because the serfs couldn't own property. Serfs couldn't really do anything. They didn't really have a say. It was just their job to work the land and make the landowner, like, money and things like that. So mm. that was what was happening. The thing is, they weren't focusing on technology for, like, agriculture. They weren't focusing on, like, like economics. They were just taxing people and getting into weird little land grabs and little wars, which is why Russia is so fucking big. You know what I mean? <laughs> but some parts of it are still just so backwatery, like like yeah. no life is sustained here except the Yetis, you know, yeah. abominable snowmen. Um, the serfs the serfs were eventually like emancipated in 1860, but then that caused a whole bunch of problems because then they had nowhere to go. They the government the government freed serfs and said, oh, you can buy land if you want to. And they're like, oh, okay, that's awesome. But we couldn't own property before, and we didn't earn a wage before. So how are we supposed to buy land? And the government said, oh, well, we'll just we'll just sell you mortgages that you have no possibility of ever paying back. <laughs> and they were like, awesome, let's do that. So they did that. So the service took out mortgages, they had land, and blah blah blah. And then things they couldn't make any money. So what happened was you had all these new landowners who couldn't pay out these mortgages, and they were just getting fucked and getting taxed and interest rated. But then you also have these landowners, previous landowners, who had all this land that used to be worked by serfs and was no longer worked by serfs and was just falling apart. Mm. So basically what happened in the early 1900s, uh, 1917, the Bolshevik Revolution happened, where basically the government was overthrown, um, Red Revolution, Bolsheviks, they essentially instilled blood bloodily you know communism the idea that you know we have to be a modern nation we have to progress everyone has to have a job everything has to have a purpose no more letting things slide by because the thing is you know over the course of those 200 years there were famines where like a quarter of the population died you know what i mean like just like incredible things while like other nations are doing really really well like russia's just eating it hard the reason i'm focusing so much on this is because Really quickly after this period of time, Russia entered global economics and they did a really good job because they had a huge labor force of people who necessarily weren't skilled, but were really eager. Hmm. So they had people who were really eager. They had a lot of this land. They had sort of these resources they didn't really know how to tap into, blah, 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 so on and so forth. The reason I'm harping on that is because it actually ended up equating into um, Russia's Russia's sort of orological interest having a bunch of random holes. Like a bunch of random gaps. Like they made some really, really cool watches, but they didn't really do too... They couldn't really do too much in terms of like movement innovation, which is why you see a lot of the same manual wine uh, calibers existing within certain factories. So Raketa has been iterating on the same manu on the same movement for a long time. Vostok obviously has been doing it for a long time. Um, Poljot you know, you know, God, God rest their souls. They were doing it, you know, for a long time, <clears throat> um, except with the chronographs, which they purchased. They purchased the machinery for the first versions of those chronographs. The first one was the, like the Venus one six or one something, whatever that went into the Strela three zero one seven, which you really want to find. You want to find the black dial Seconda version, right? Yeah, I have to send some. Actually, man, I had a listing I wanted to send you not long ago, 
and uh, it's gone. So I guess it was a good one. <laughs> or much, maybe not. How know. much was it? It was under a thousand, surprisingly. Interesting. Could it could yeah. have been a good it could have it could have been a good one. Yeah, man, you know, I'll, I'll send me shit, you know. Um yeah. but yeah, that's 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 pole jot. So but at the same time Russia fixed those random holes in their sort of orological perspective by just purchasing things or trying mm-hmm. to basically steal things. Um they purchased the first ever watch movement machinery from Dewerhampton uh over in Canton, Ohio, here in the States. And then they had a great relationship with uh, Lip, a French manufacturer, um, purchasing machinery and things like that. Other things they stole, uh, they just stole the movement idea for the um, Poljot signal. Um, but then it came time to make a dive watch. And no one would help them. No one wanted to sell them technology. Because at the time, it was what? Uh, the 1965, 1967 uh, Submariner, 50 Fathoms, right? These are the big dive watches. That's it. Yeah. Right? That's There was other stuff at that time, but really, those were the two. Those were the two. And so basically, <clears throat> they had to work with what they had on hand. And the reason I'm focusing on that is because I think I've seen stuff online where it's like, oh, you know, Vostok wanted to show everyone, you know, how great they could be without their help. Yeah, it doesn't it wasn't like they chose to not be helped. You know what I mean? They didn't really have a choice. Like they tried, <laughs> they wa- they would have loved to try and iterate out of off of someone else's caliber because there's a history of it. There's a great history of it. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so they had to work with what was there. The first big thing was, um, and I, I think I said this in error previously, and then someone correct or a BRH watch has corrected me. Um, for a long time, the Vostoks were brass. You can't make a dive watch out of brass because um, Michael, you ever you, you ever squeeze Play-Doh in your hands? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's what happens to like I feel like a brass watch when you take it pretty deep. You know what I mean? Especially if it's like not good brass. I feel like you know, because um, it's like, it's like a softer metal, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they had to make a watch out of stainless steel. The first big issue they really faced is that they didn't really know how to machine stainless steel to the same sort of like specific tolerances and like 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 detailing that's like. Obviously, Rolex and 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 Blancpain had and things like that, you know. So they had to solve what I like to call. There's the three C's and the one L, um, which is particular to Vostok. So the three C's of water resistance or waterproofness. It's um, crystal, crown, case back. Uh-huh. If your dive watch is gonna fail somewhere, it's gonna fail somewhere there. Crystal, crown, or the case back. Water will get That's in. True. Something will happen. Um, the L is the lugs. I, I mentioned the lugs specifically because um, Vostok couldn't machine steel efficiently enough to have the lugs work. You know, they either weren't the right quality, they weren't, you know, specific enough to just be uh, accurate every time they manufactured it. So what they did was they made the swing lug case. That was the first Vostok case. So the way it works is they made the case out of stainless steel. It's basically like a little UFO. And then they just clipped the lugs on <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at more photos now. Yeah, they just clipped the lugs on um, afterwards. <clears throat> There's speculation. Some people say, "Oh, it wasn't a response to bad stainless steel manufacturing practices. This was what worked best for like dive suits." I don't buy that. I I I, I think I think they had to just they had to just jank that shit the best they could. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean seriously, because that's just I. I don't buy that for a second. You know what I'm saying? So that's that 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 that's 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 
that's why I'm looking at the swing lug case. Um, the other things they solved, you know, I don't want to go too much into it because, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the time right now. The crown, crown wobble, that crown is awesome, okay? Because basically, you know, the way the crown works is it seals, it keeps water out, but the other really big issue was when the case, you know, is really crushed by the pressure of the ocean, a traditional crown and stem would stab into the movement or would break. So basically the way that crown and stem works is it disengages. So once the watch compresses from like water pressure, the, uh, the stem doesn't stab into the movement at all. So that's why it wobbles. You know what I mean? Hmm. Uh, the case back is actually pretty interesting. The case back innovation I learned pretty recently, which is really cool. It's not like a traditional screw down case back. You know what I mean? Because my understanding and the, what I was doing in regards to research um, for the piece that I'm working on is that a traditional screw down case back, they weren't able to create a case that could work efficiently with like a traditional one piece threaded case back because the actual surface area for for like waterproofness is pretty small with a threaded case back. But if obviously if you machine your case well and you do everything and you have great tolerances, it doesn't matter. But they weren't able to do it. So basically what they did was... Um, the case back, it's just a flat piece with two little like like nudges sticking out the ends at like at like at like twelve and, and six o'clock. And then it fits into the case through little holes in the case at twelve and six o'clock, and then they just twist it to like hmm. hold it in place. But then a threaded ring went over the top and screwed down and held that in place. The thing is that wouldn't work unless, you know, they had a they they created this huge rubber gasket, which they have in there. Like they had to like you know they couldn't they couldn't manufacture stainless steel efficiently, but damn it, they could make some some good fucking rubber, which is apparently the case here. So they created a rubber gasket specifically for the amphibia, and it's huge. It looks like a bike tire. You know what I mean? <laughs> it like it like quadruples the the, the the surface area that like a traditional threaded screw back case would do for like waterproofness, and so that's what they did. Um, the crystal we've talked about on the show a lot. That's the other C. Um, the crystal is particular because it works with all the other other elements to where the more pressure that's on the crystal, the more water resistant the watch is by just squeezing tighter. So the watch squeezes tighter and it relies on that crown. It relies on that giant gasket in the back and it relies on the crystal to just improve water resistance. And so... Um, I like to explain to people the big difference is um, the 50 Fathoms and the Rolex Submariner were focused on a dive watch that created a static environment. The environment inside the watch was always the same, whether it was on land or whether you were you were you were nose punching tiger sharks at 200 meters. You know what I mean? It was the same environment in the watch. Not so much in the Vostok. The Vostok more kind of went kind of went with the flow. It would right. change. It would fluctuate. It would it would be different. I guess it's technically like a skin or a compressor, like a compression case. But they yeah. it, it the 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 methodology with to which they they attained that sort of skin diver compression case is just different. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How much of that was rambling? You can tell me. None of that was rambling. Actually, it was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot of shit that I was just saying. <gasps> But, uh, so yeah, in 1967, um, they did it. I actually wrote down. It's interesting because the Amphibia has really cool documentation behind it where a lot of other Russian watches don't. So uh, we actually know the names of the two um, Vostok engineers who basically created the Amphibian, troubleshooted it, troubleshot it, and trouble, tru troubleshot put it and made it work. Uh, it's Mikhail. Two, was it two ladies or, or one lady? One lady, Indeed. one dude. Mikhail, okay. your namesake. Mikhail, uh, Mikhail Novikov and Vera Belov. Belov. 
really, really, really cool. I, I, I just think it's so interesting that it's just really a lot of fun documentation. So in 67, we started seeing the first amphibious come out. Those are the swing lug cases, um, and I explained why they have swing lugs. After that, we started seeing... Um, Cases that did all that, that that still didn't have the lugs, so you'd see things like the the tonneau case sort of styles that that we have um, from like the eighties. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was sort of like the response to how they were able to offer it like commercially, um, but still not have to worry about that whole that whole silly lug thing. That's why the case design on those on the one that you have is just so simple. It's just big. It's 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 like it's like a pad of butter. You know what I mean? It's just this block, <laughs> right? <laughs> It's this very unsexy block of metal, this chunk of metal. Yeah, I I have it off wrist right now, and I just I love this thing. <laughs> I'm so glad I got it. Thing is super cool, but um, uh, bi bi-directional bezel also. By the way, I don't think we mentioned that. Oh yeah, that's right. So the bezel has no click. It is a bi-directional bezel, which I don't know. Is that like a Voss? Like a is that is that like a like a vintage watch thing at the time? That's Did, just like... that's just an old dive watch thing. I think okay. a lot of a lot of Early dive watches were just um, friction-fitted uh, bi-directional bezels, you know? Cool. Cool, cool, cool. And I'm not I'm not entirely sure if, like, the stories of, like, a diver knocking it out of place and, like, losing track of his air, like, and then dying is, like, I don't, I don't know if we can validate those stories, but I, I think it was eventually refined to, like, unidirectional bezels, you know? Uh, honestly, I could totally see that being some like, like vintage ad scare scare yeah. factor. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, don't dive with this watch because if the if the water hits you right, you'll lose your bezel time and your eyes will explode. You, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I could totally, I could totally see that. Oh man! On like a watch ad, you know? Yeah. But um. So that was so we so we talked about and I'm super sorry for going so much into that. If you guys if you guys are at all interested in like the not caffeinated Cliff Notes version of what I talked about with like pre-revolution Russian watches and then and like sort of the the lead up to where Vostok became popular, go and check out the website. The, the I think we'll, we'll I'll put it in the show notes. The links to those pieces I wrote there really they really are a lot of fun. Um, hold on, I need to. Hmm, where did I put my inhaler? Uh -oh. Ah, here it is. <laughs> One second. Continue. So, if you can still hear me, and if you're still living, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, Whew, baby, hmm. I'm back. One thing that I found confusing when shopping for these also was just the variety that you get when you're looking at dials, and it's maybe a part of me was trying to be that same historical poser uh, kind of guy. <laughs> Maybe maybe another part was just trying to find something that I liked aesthetically. But what is kind of like the origin of some of these dial variations that we see? So we have like the scuba dude. We have like the paratrooper dials. We have like dials with tanks. We have like dials with jets. Mm -hmm. um, how, much, how much of this is rooted in kind of the original early amphibias and how much do you think is actually just kind of like modern um marketing or kind of like right liberal design choices that say somebody like i don't know at the factory is taking or or even marinom for example 
I would classify it as sort of like the Vostok Amphibia Middle Ages. So they started coming around, um, my understanding and just what I've seen in my research, in the 80s, um, like mid-late 80s. Uh, they didn't always have that. The idea, though, is that each dial is supposed to sort of represent a different facet of the Red Army. So that's why they'll all have like, or some of them will have like the Red Star and so on and so forth. But the thing is, they weren't always on the Amphibias. They were, a lot of them were on the Commander Skis. So a like bunch of watches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, the paratrooper dial, obviously the paratroopers. The scuba dude, obviously, like, the navy. Um, there's the admiral's wheel, like, the like the ship wheel, which, in my opinion, um, my sort of hypothesis, and this is, this is sort of, like, super, like, Russian watch geeky, is that there was a line of watches for a short time sort of called the admiral skis. So there's, there's commander ski, <laughs> and then there's admiral ski. If I recall correctly, I think some of the admiral skis... Ad, Ad, Admiralski, sorry, um, had the ship's wheel uh, on them. But I don't really think those were... I think as these watches became more commercially available, I think they were sort of sold to the public as like a... Not like a propaganda, but like a hoorah! Like, I support the... I support right. our Russian Navy, you know what I mean? Like, I really can't picture... I really can't picture like a Russian diver like 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 having like a spear gun fight with Bond underwater while wearing a scuba dude. I think it's a little, <laughs> it, it might be a little ridiculous. Like he was probably wearing just like a super stark, just like a really just straight up legible Vostok amphibia, sort of like the triangles, like that zodiac dial you saw. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that because yeah. that has more of a tool feel. Um, these I really do, but I feel like they're they were more for like the people. But that's the idea. The idea is that they're supposed to represent different branches of like the military, you know. And and so, so I'm sorry. If so, if I really wanted to drop some panties, um, <laughs> when when can I say the first occurrence of the scuba doo dial happened? <sighs> I don't know. It must yeah. it must be the '80s. It it was definitely uh, most actually you know it was with it was with an amphibia. It must have been the '80s. I'll find out. I'll find out and put it in the show notes. You know what I mean? I'm I'm curious because because I, I I it's I wonder why this is one of the most popular variations because obviously like the ship's wheel like life aquatic or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but why the scuba dude? I feel like people go nuts over this one because everyone loves dive watches. Yeah, it's the dive watch thing, man. You know what yeah. I mean? It, I like 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 that's how I've always just like sort of seen it, you know. I, I I feel like it's the dive watch thing. Plus, it's the only dial that has a really cool name: paratrooper dial. Eh. <laughs> scuba dude, dude, hell yeah, scuba you know dude. I mean? So maybe you you think scuba dudes can kind of uh, coexist alongside uh, Comex dial subs one day? <laughs> if the if the if the if the collector um. Isn't isn't like a a, a a snob, you know what I mean, <laughs> right? I think if yeah, they, I, I think so, if, yeah. I think if the collector has fun with how they collect, I think they could totally see the value in like Comex style and also like an early scuba dude. If you're oh, like course, really, yeah. if you're really a lover of just vintage dive watch history, dude, you gotta be versed in the in the Vostok amphibias. It's 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 baffling to me how there are people who don't see it as a part of dive watch history because I, I try not to talk about literature too much on air but i said all those things before there was never a renaissance in the in russia there's never industrial revolution in russia and that resulted in basically ninth 19th century russian literature being completely different 
from everything right. else around it and completely yeah. distinct and just being so fucking interesting and cool like when you meet someone no one is only eh, kind of into russian literature people are usually really into fucking russian literature or yeah. they've just never thought about it you know what i'm saying it's i've the, read like one or two novels but kaz is super into it i am i am i i i i i i don't i just i just i really i just there's just something about it really it just connected with me because the thing is like the 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 renaissance had sort of started a specific type of uh like narration style and different literary tropes and things like that blah 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 but then you know um the the specifically the 19th century russian literature because russian literature before that was modeled off of french literature because the french aristocracy and french nobility was basically the model like what russian um sars had modeled all their bullshit off of blah 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 but around the 1800s when people started becoming disillusioned with the czars and all that bullshit literature started getting really interesting so that's where you get dudes like tolstoy and 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 dostoevsky and shit like that you know what i mean but the same can really be said for the dive watch you you if you're a student of literature you're at least marginally aware of of russian literature because it's so distinct it's the same thing for the vostok amphibia if you're really into vintage dive watches or just dive watch history you have to at least be aware of the contribution that that the amphibia had really given even if it didn't like even if no one like climbed everest and like and rim and like rimmed a bear while wearing it or whatever like whatever was cool for you to do with your dive watch back then you know what i mean like just because something like that yeah. didn't happen like it's still incredible because it's just it's it's very much um russians solving a problem that took like 50 or 100 years before to solve but they basically solved it in their own way in like a year you know what I mean? Jake with did. the resources they had, with the with the with the really really weird resources that they had, we can't work metal, but we can work plastic and rubber. So let's make some fucking baller ass acrylic domes, and let's make some crazy ass rubber gaskets. Um, I love the joke. I don't think it's I don't think it's true, but I love the joke that um, NASA spent like millions of dollars to figure out how to make a pen that writes upside down in zero gravity. Because when astronauts are up there, you know you need you rely on gravity to draw the ink of the pen down right you know what i mean <clears throat> and so they spent millions of dollars to do the space pen blah 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 and um when it came time for russia to figure it out the russians just use a pencil <laughs> exactly i love yeah. that story i don't know if it's true i heard someone tell me it's not true but like i heard that and i'm like that's like that's perfect that like that i feel like that really embodies just almost like the story with the amphibia it's like dude we're not gonna fight we're not gonna try and create a watch that's super robust that fights the pressure of the ocean, blah blah blah. We're just gonna create something that just goes with the flow, and it's almost like judo. You know what I mean? Like yeah. using the energy of that thing against you, against it. You know, so so I, I I encourage people to do more research. I'll put up as many fucking links as I can in the show notes. Um, stuff from our own website, stuff that I learned from. Um, really fun examples um, from USSR time uh, as well, like some of these early swing lug cases. I really want to get one of these fucking swing lug watches, dude. One of these swing lug um, amphibians. We should uh, we should get Mr. Gordon on the show. I've tried emailing him. He doesn't respond. I don't think uh, <laughs> I don't think he's taking calls. We 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 we've had correspondence before with Alan Garrett, who is another um, uh, Russian watch collector. Yeah, but we we got in trouble that one time. We did get in trouble. There was a bit of a misunderstanding. Uh, 
he says that uh, on his website, he said that you can cite my website, like, you know, like as long as you have like, you know, a clear citation and, and, and like blah, 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 which I did, but, um, uh, I guess he didn't see it or he didn't notice it. And so he sent us an email really nice, really cordial. And he's like, Hey, blah, blah, blah. You know, uh, I see you didn't do this correctly. Please take it down. And, and I'm just like, Oh no, actually all the citations are here. We also have inline citations here, a hyperlink to your website here. I basically say, I got this from you in every instance I did in this writing. And, um, he, he then sent an email and he's like, Oh, I see it now. Appreciate that. Great write up. Thanks. Something like that. You know what I mean? So, Suck it, nerd. So, <laughs> don't, don't say that, Michael. What if he listens? He doesn't listen to the show. No one listens to our fucking show. Me talking about God knows what for an hour and a half. But um, but uh, yeah, I'll get some. Uh, 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 I'll get some. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think Mark Gordon will ever come on our show. I've I've tried emailing him before. I, I've emailed him a couple of questions, and he's just no. It's just it's just not happening. Which is fine. I wouldn't I wouldn't answer my emails either. You know what I'm saying, dude? It's all right. One day we'll see. One day. Give give me your King Vostok. Give me one of your King Vostoks, dude. I'll give you ninety dollars. <laughs> uh, I think it's worth more than ninety dollars. But um, is there anything I'm forgetting in regards to this? I feel like it's. I feel like it was. It was way too disorganized. I plan for it to be very. I plan for it to be very like, very nice. Very. Calm. It's my fault. I I derailed you a couple times. I I might have steered the conversation. In a few different directions, but no, I think you're the voice of reason, Michael. We we you have to understand that it's my. No, fault. no, no, no. I think this is a good primer uh, and kind of a complimentary piece of content for the stuff that's going to be going on the site soon. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There's some fun stuff that I'm thinking about doing too. I, I'm thinking about some comparison articles we were talking about, like the SKX versus the Mako the other day, for example. But I'm yes. kind of thinking about. Just kind of, kind of putting this amphibia side to side with the one that you gave me. I don't know. Well, that could be kind of fun, actually. Like a modern versus vintage-ish. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I just. Do you think these watches are overlooked? Oh, yeah, or do you think one hundred percent they're over? I feel like people. I'm sorry, I cut you off. No, no, no it's just, that, that's fine. I don't know if they're overlooked or if it's like just kind of known that the following is so culty. Uh, that I don't know. Maybe it turns some people off. I think people are turned off um, by the most basic thing that 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 will align us as consumers: the price. People think so that. I'm what sorry. do you think will happen if one day mm -hmm. tomorrow John Mayer posts a wrist shot of him with an amphibia? I'm gonna get my goddamn pitchfork and find John Mayer's house. He's gonna ruin the brand. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm gonna get I'm gonna get the same pitchfork that I was gonna get before if fucking Vostok tripled their prices. <laughs> and I'm gonna find John Mayer over my my you know your body is a Wonderland Ranch or wherever the fuck he lives, and I'll be like, dude, fucking take that shot down. Put on your fucking put your rose gold royal oak. Take that shot down, dude. <laughs> You're trying to rock the boat for the rest of us. <laughs> oh, Go back to pushing the black bay, all right, dude. Stick 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 to your own kind, all right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be bad in my opinion that would be bad for the brand people overlook the Vostok Amphibia because of the price um, there's this idea that you only spend $70 on a dive watch because you couldn't afford XYZ you couldn't afford the SKX you couldn't afford you know, a Mako so on and so forth but the thing is if you buy a Vostok Amphibia you're doing it because I think you want to have fun with your collection I think you're interested in like really 
thought-provoking parts of of not just like 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 watch history but world history you know what i mean yeah and i i i just think you're the type of collector who's just just more inclined to be just accepting like no one like who who wants to be the dickhole collector like who like right like who who set out to be a collector and be like dude i'm gonna be the meanest collector i'm not gonna ask or answer anyone's questions i'm gonna be shitting on everyone else's wall like no one wants to be that guy right or do people want to be that guy some people might want to be that person. It's fucked up, guys. Yeah, that's wrong. Yeah. All right, it's inclusive. We're a family, I think. <laughs> not sure. I'm not sure sometimes, but yeah, no. I think I think people overlook it. I think if John Mayer posted a wrist shot tomorrow of his uh, Zizou dial, I think it would be the end, the beginning of the end. You know what I mean? He might be a secret Vostok collector, man. Dude, it would be like it'd be like uh, it'd be like you know post uh, post um. Oh, what the hell? Um, it's like seven years of the Antichrist, but you don't know it's the Antichrist because everything looks like it's awesome. You know what I mean? <laughs> so if he posted a wrist shot, it'd be seven years of like, oh, yeah, Vostok's great, blah, blah. And then it would be awful. You know what I mean? Us reprobates would get our asses judged. You know what I'm saying, <laughs> dude? <laughs> oh, man. The post the post Vostok reprobate. It's a great band name, actually. Well, I think we did a great job on this episode. I don't think I could. I, I I think I did a really bad job. You did good. Don't worry. We're we're all proud of you. <laughs> both both the listeners are are quite quite proud of the show, and our pets and our pets. Both both listeners, your wife and my wife, uh, they listen to the show. <laughs> I think I don't know, but um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I missed. Um, I'll do the write-up, and if you guys have any questions or if something I said like didn't make sense and you want me to elaborate, totally, totally let me know it's up. Um, huge shout-out to everyone that's offered additional info also in regards to our last episode on Mito. I think we've gotten some really, really cool yeah. responses and feedback yeah. from folks. That's super, super, like, that's the shit that I love because it's, it's not just us on a podcast talking about God knows what. It's basically all of us trying to have a conversation together, which is why I love this show. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, huge shout out to everyone that offered information in regards to Mito. Um, I'd like to pick up an Ocean Star soon. Interesting, interesting fact: I could probably buy twenty Vostok amphibias for the price of one Ocean Star. <laughs> <laughs> MSRP, MSRP. And it's very tempting. <laughs> twenty Vostoks. You could literally be one of the top ten Vostok collectors overnight if you just Vostok like, Passion Report. If you just spent like five hundred bucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh man is it that is it that sad is it that sad time yeah i mean it's not sad it was a good episode and uh we'll be doing this again soon i'm sad i have to go back to looking at the website i have website ptsd that's how I, i've stared at our website so much i'm working on a write-up right now in addition to everything else that's like um it's a write-up about uh how the Seiko Sumo actually feels on wrist. Because I got a lot of questions about that. Is it too big? Blah, blah, blah. So, and so, forth. so I'm doing a write-up specifically about that. In conjunction, mm. in, in as a companion to the Seiko Sumo haiku review, which you should all check out because it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fun it's, one. It's a lot of fun. I want to do more of those. But um, but yeah, okay, here. Let's... uh. Let's jump out. Uh, you want to start this? You want to start the, the, uh, the outro? I'll jump in. Yeah, guys, thanks for listening. As always, my name is Mike. This is Kaz. You've been listening to Two Broke Watch Knobs by, by Vostok Stock. Say Vostok Stock 10 times fast as well.
If you say Vostok 10 times fast, John Mayer will visit you in the night and steal your soul. <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> okay, yeah. Have a good one, guys.